Hello and welcome back to another episode of More Than Beauty with Daniel Mason Jones. Today's episode, we're going to be talking a little bit about leadership. I know I've been talking about that a lot lately, but this episode, believe me, you absolutely want to listen closely. And if you're in a situation where you can grab pen, paper, however you take notes, you're going to want to do that. So today I'm so proud to welcome one of my dear friends, friends for a very long time and someone that I look up to tremendously in this industry, uh, Tanya D. Sullivan. Welcome to the podcast today, Tanya. How are you? I'm great, Daniel. Thank you so much. I am so living for your face right now because we get to see each other. <laughs> You know, it's it's so crazy. I can't think. I was trying to think of the last time we actually were together in person um, when I came up to Vancouver to hang out with you and your amazing team. That seems like it's been decades ago, and I cannot wait until we can make that happen again. I know. I think we probably hosted one of your very first Make Money, Not Excuses classes in our salon many, 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 many moons yeah. ago. So. Are we, are we telling our ages here? No, I'm just kidding. Actually, you yeah. did. I'll, that's something I'll never forget. I remember um, that event was was something that I, I wasn't even expecting it to be to the caliber of what it was. It was mind-blowing what you were able to put together in Canada. And again, talking about your leadership, not only being a leader in your community, in your salons that you own, but also just a leader inside of a larger um, color company that we that we're both very familiar with. So um, you're somebody that I've definitely looked up to for a very long time. And uh, so I can't wait for you to share some of your insight, some of your values, your systems, your struggles, your triumphs, all the things that you're going to share with us today. Well, I got lots of struggles to share, that's for sure. But, that's, <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, I appreciate that. And I mean, to hear you say that you look up to me, that's, uh, it's flattering and it's, makes, it's nerve wracking at the same time, <laughs> but on, um, only, be, only because obviously, you know, we have a deep respect for one another. So I really, you know, I appreciate that a lot. Thank you so much. It's, the feeling's very mutual, obviously. It's, it's nice to be, and that's one of the biggest successes and one of the biggest things that we all need to do in any type of business, leadership, community, family, friendship, is find people that you can surround yourself that lift you to be higher, yet also hold you accountable in the times that you need that accountability. Yeah, no doubt. No, yeah, I kind of, uh, I don't know, every day that I think about my company and the people that work within it, people will question sometimes the way that, not necessarily the way that I lead, but the way that I approach things. Right. Because it's not necessarily standard. It's more from a, a real, almost like family-like approach and somebody asked me recently they said um like what's the whole meaning behind it or why do you you know do your one-on-ones this way or you know if you're having an issue in the salon at one point and I just you know for me it's be the person you needed at that age is kind of the way that I look at it and because I have a team of women you know there's 24 of us um there's no men on our team not that you know we don't hire men or something. We of course would. This happened. That's that way. the way. It, that's just the way it happened. And uh, and I and I know where I was at at their age. And I don't want them to have to, you know, struggle the way that I did, or how I felt, or how I felt left out in some ways of uh, being given an ear. So. And I think that's. that's just the way I approach it. So. Being able to listen and, you know, knowing exactly what you're talking about, having seen that culture in person, 
It was pretty amazing. Um, uh, you know, I've obviously worked with a lot of salons. Something that makes your salon so uniquely different is the level of talent and caliber um, that you bring to to surface also. This is not just an ordinary salon organization. You have two of them, but it, it's not an ordinary, like you guys are really like next level um, when it comes to hairdressing. Of course, I've always looked at the uh, Canadian market to be a little bit stronger anyway, because the education, there's so much emphasis put on to education, um, how to do hair, all those things versus being kind of sloppy and uh, just getting the job done, job done quickly. So I love how you lead the company. You've created a business model that probably a lot of people in Canada and even here in the United States would love to mimic what you have there. Um, and I love the topic today that you, you threw out there to me when we were texting back and forth, and that was leading with generous authority. Um, so tell us a little bit about what that sounds like or looks like for you to lead with generous authority. For me, I know everyone, I remember a friend of me, a friend of mine many years ago, he said to me, he goes, you know what you are, Tanya? And I was like, oh God, what, what am I? <laughs> he goes, you know, you're, you're stern, but fair. <laughs> I was like, okay. So even as a friend, I think that that's kind of how I approach things. But uh, I think the idea of leading with generous authority and how this has kind of come about in the many years of being in the industry and working with L'Oreal Professional and now having my own salon company for the past seven and a half years is, you know, I invest in like structure and energy and the unconditional belief in people's potential. Yes. Um, and even when they don't see it themselves, you know, I still see their potential. And if they need a push, I give them a push. And if they need a hand, I give it. Right. Um, otherwise, you know, I feel as though if there is no structure, then people don't really know where to go or even where they're at to begin with. And, and if you believe in their unlimited potential, then you can kind of give them this roadmap. It may not happen. It doesn't happen fast. It's, it's, you know, it's a, it's the long game. You know, you can't expect people to see their own potential sometimes for a very long time. We always compare it to within our salon company, our salon director and our operations manager. It's like filling a bathtub, but one drop at a time. You know, you're watching the bathtub being filled, like their potential is growing or they're understanding who they are as people. And, you know, and I see them like as, as growing from, you know, young women into, you know, these more mature people who really understand who they are. And and the bathtub's getting filled, but it's just one drop. It's just one drop sometimes. Sometimes it's not fast enough. And you're like, it'll happen. It'll happen. You just have to give them time to do exactly. that. As long as you're always filling, you know, you have to ask yourself in business so, so many times, you, the leader, you know, we're, we're in charge of everything. Everything in leadership rises and falls on us. That's a John Maxwell quote. But it's one of those things where are you contributing to the drops going into the tub? Are you actually taking the water out of the tub away from your right. team? And so many times we see that in leadership or lack of leadership. So I love I love what you're talking about here. Um, one of the things I love about your company and the organization, how it's moving forward, is you have these incredible retreats. I'm always jealous. <laughs> Every time I see one, I'm like, oh my gosh, I want to go to one of these. Just let me be cool for the day. Let me hang out oh, with all man. Um, I'm so glad. I'm glad you brought that up, man. Because like that's I I live for that that is my christmas every year is planning that that those retreats it's the most important thing yeah so can you give our listeners like what was one of your favorite retreats that you've ever done for the team 
Wow. Um, so the, I'll, I'll give you a run through just a quick little like Cole's notes of all of our retreats so far. And then maybe you can ask me about a specific one because I can't really pick a favorite. I, I've enjoyed everything and I've, I've, I've learned so much in the process and I can't even explain how much even the process of it has shaped me and how I lead and how I just want to be able to do it for everybody. <laughs> so it's really fun. Uh, the first year we went to Portland. I took the team to Portland. The second year we did lots of karaoke. That was that was of really course. fun. I can see. Uh, <laughs> yeah, Rempel was all over the karaoke. Everybody was. So it was it was incredible. The second year we ended up renting this amazing house on the Sunshine Coast, and it was like you know that episode of Top Model where they all run into the house. They're like, ah! <laughs> oh my god, look at this place! It was right on the water and all that. Um, the third year we went whitewater river rafting uh and we stayed in the oldest house in all of british columbia in canada it was like a full-on haunted house i love it 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 was amazing it was it was part of the railroad originally and then the fourth year we this this actually was amazing we went to a chicken farm (laughs) it wasn't like a big like you know massive chicken farm it's just this picturesque little place in the middle of nowhere by Harrison Hot Springs and they had this massive house and everybody had their, their shared room but it was on a chicken farm so everything was uh, a chicken theme so even like the hot tub had a big sign on it that said chicken soup and oh then, <laughs> so it was really fun and, and hilarious we did like a chicken dance we did everything was chicken themed like every single thing was chicken um, and then the, the next year we, we rented cabins at Manning Park and it was more of like a wild women type of retreat, like women in the wild. And then the year after that, our team has grown so much over those years. We started with eight and now we're at 24. Nothing compared to your company, mind you, but enough for me right now. Plenty of people. But, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but the, uh, and then that next year we, because it had grown so much, it's, it almost got impossible to find somewhere to be able to stay over. And so we ended up doing this thing called a craft crawl instead, because my company's called Craft Academy Salon. It was a craft crawl, so we ended up, I I created 12 different surprise um, locations in Vancouver, and they met me in one spot, and we started out with Tai Chi in the morning. Then we had a jazz band meet us outside, and they walked us to our next location. And there we had, like, a dodgeball competition. Then we had lunch by Science World, and... Then we had our own personal busker meet us at the SkyTrain station and he sang us a few songs. And then we, you know, went on to um, do a fashion, like rock and roll fashion show at this Mintage Mall, which is an amazing thrift store in Vancouver. And then we, and then we went on the bus and we went and did disco bowling, which was like all bowling in, in the neon. And we had, I had secret people meet us and, oh, we had a donut shop stop in between there too. And we had secret people meet us at each location that showed up as like a Vancouver character. And they gave away our awards because we do awards every year at our retreat. So at every stop, somebody received an award by the secret Vancouver person who just showed up. And then we went disco bowling. Then we went for pizza. And then we did more awards in the park. And then we went for ice cream. And then we did karaoke. And nobody knew where they were going. They were just given a map with numbers on it. And then they were waiting by the third or fourth time, like, when is the secret person going to show up? And who who is that? And and, uh, it was really funny because at one point, uh, there was a guy having a little bit of a mental breakdown in front of the liquor store by the pizza place. 
he's screaming at the top of his lungs and being really out you know it's just you know vancouver colorful kind of people and one of the girls turns to me and she goes he's not with us is he <laughs> no no he's not the person who's going to give not, away the award not today and then yeah and then we had our karaoke at the end and then uh last this year because of covid i still was determined we're going to do something so we did um we did a really fun thing we 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 launched the dress code project at the same time in the salon so being able to offer gender neutral haircuts. So we don't label them ladies or men's haircuts anymore. It's all gender neutral uh, pricing in that. And so we launched that with a, the theme was called COVID is such a drag. Oh my God. T-shirts. <laughs> and we had four drag mentors come and we broke them into four groups and they each were given a specific song and they created a drag performance and they got to dress up and do their, and they all made their own personalized masks you know, and we had like all social distancing and people who only work together were in those groups. And we had, it was just, I couldn't do this at all with, without my sister-in-law, Rochelle, who is our operations manager. And sorry, her and I are the only two who really know what's going on. And we plan it all together. It's all very secretive and nobody knows until like maybe the day before or two days before or whatever. And I just, I get sick. I've already got this year's retreat already planned. So I'm like, For this you. is, yeah. So. You know what I heard in all of that? And obviously they were very fun. You're so creative, but there's so much care that goes into making sure that your team knows that they're loved and they're cared for more than just being a warm body inside your company. And oh, God, no. I think if, if salons and any type of business out there, because this podcast reaches a very wide uh, span of audience, any type of leadership that's available out there, I think when you step on the other side of just being human and having fun, I think we forget to have fun. And that's something I always think about you, you know, the first time we met years ago in a training and, and that training, I, I can't even recall how long ago it was. We were in Tennessee, locked away in a cabin, um, learning how to grow our personal development, becoming public speakers, better facilitators in our programs. And uh, it was really an amazing time. And I love to tell the story is like, when this first started, it was I was with like two American teams, and then as the the training became more complicated or more intense, um, the Americans kind of disappeared. <laughs> and yeah. so by the final, um, that was when I met you, and I was surrounded by all of these amazing Canadians. And who would have ever thought, you know, being in that sort of leadership training growth seminar, that I would walk away with such a great friend? But I remember, um, you know, one of the funniest times I had was introducing you to something here in the South called the Cracker Barrel, and <laughs> oh, the best thing in the world. Um, anyway, but so just having these moments of humanizing people and creating a brand and a culture that is so strong and uniquely different. There's, there's so many people in any industry out there that they mimic other brands. They mimic their competition, which is, to me, one of the, the silliest things that you could do. And I love that you've kind of broken every barrier with everything that you do. You know, I know Canada uh, and Vancouver, there, there's not a lot of salons like yours where they work in teams. Um, and correct me, I think, is it correct that Canada doesn't even require a lot of licensing now or they had done away no. with and you it have, depends on which province you're in, but even ours, you, you don't need to be licensed to be a hairdresser. Which is crazy. And you're upholding such incredibly high standards and bringing in the best of the best inside your company. So, you know, kudos to you with all that you do. So what do you think sets you apart? Aside from your, your crazy vision 
to grow. And when we, I remember having a call with you years ago and you said, I'm going to create this whole thing called Craft Academy. What do you think about the name? I was like, I think it's amazing because you're crafting people. Um, but what inside Tanya, what, what makes you so uniquely different to lead the way that you do? I think that exactly what you, the only thing that, that I see that I might do a little differently than other people. And I think everybody has the, you know, can do it. Of course. They just may not know how or, or, or the why, but you said, you know, you bring up the, you, you have the best or whatever. And I'm like, I feel like it's my job to bring out the best. And you do everyone on our team. And, and sometimes that means a little bit more of a push as opposed to just, you know, stroking their ego or whatever. Um, I, we really don't, we don't honor ego in the salon at all. It's, it's a, it's pretty much a, you know, uh, a deal breaker if they're, if you do have an ego in our squad, it's more about building people to understand how to be more confident and to, to walk away with better self-esteem. Right. We don't shy away from hard conversations or, you know, recognizing the importance of mental health and, and how it affects people now, especially during COVID, but anytime behind the chair, I think is, it's a really demanding job. And there aren't really any questions that are out of bounds for me. I send, I, I set more boundaries than anybody else in order to make sure that we both re respect each other's place in our roles, but they could come to me with anything and I wouldn't turn them away. Right. I just might have to um, kind of mold the question to, you know, be a little bit more so it turns it more internal for them so they understand what they're really what they really need or what they're asking of me so. I think that's amazing there was a quote uh that came to my mind i used it in one of my webinars the other day and as you were talking i was like this is you and this is people that lead the way that we do and, and there's a lot of great leaders out there and this quote is managers have power over people leaders have power with people and that quote is so powerful. And you are a living visual of what that looks like. You know, you, you don't have power over anyone. You empower the people around you. And that's the secret sauce to success. Yeah. Well, and we, you know, like just take yesterday, yesterday was International Women's Day. I'm mm -hmm. like, it's bigger than my birthday, as far as I'm concerned. You know, uh, <laughs> every day is International Women's Day at Craft. That's, that's what I say every year, because, uh, I feel like I have this huge responsibility to take, like literally take care of the people that, that work for, for my company. And I don't even say for me, I, I think that the language that we use is so important. You'll never see, like, I refuse to use the term, like my team, my employee, my this, my that. I don't own anybody, I but I owe, I owe them everything. You know, they choose to work with our, I still call it our company. I'm the sole owner of this company. I, I don't have a partner. I don't have shareholders yet. Like nothing. It's, it's all me. You know, I, I sleep with the keys in my pajamas, right? Like that's what everybody says, right? So, um, but I don't take ownership over anyone um, because I, and I, I, it really, I think if anything, that's the thing that just, you know, irks, it just uh, it gives me a twitch when I hear other leaders talk about their the company or their yeah. their employees and all that and it just your team. we need to we need to just 
we need to reevaluate that and really understand what we're saying because they're listening. They yeah. understand how you speak about them and they deserve autonomy, but with like an amazing amount of support so that they can grow and become whoever it is that they're going to become. Right? Exactly. And I, I think with you saying that too, in our industry in particular, the reason we've seen a lot of salons that are like ours dissolve is because of that old school mentality and it no longer exists, you know, um, last year absolutely put the brakes on that. So wow. yeah. you have to understand that, you know, for me personally, and this is my opinion and it may differ from your opinion, but my opinion is the number one people to serve inside our organizations are the team. Right. Secondary people to serve are our guests. And a lot of people might look at me or, or think that I'm crazy when I say that. They're like, well, the guests are the one paying the bills. No, if you don't have those people inside your company, that are that are cheering on the brand that are that are making all these things happen together in unison then you don't have the customers to take care of so you need to to wake up basically every day and say hey you know what the people that are inside this company how can i step up to serve them in a bigger way whether it's a conversation yeah being that set of ears for their family um, the things they're going through and sometimes you know we've even and i'm sure you have too we've loaned out money for all sorts of situations off the books right. Um, our personal finances to help people through hard times and hardships. That's what you do as a leader. Yeah, I think, you know, and it's, it's, it all comes down to you pointing out that their worth, you know what I mean? Like really like getting them to understand their worth and that you appreciate and you are grateful for them and everything that they bring good, bad, or otherwise too. Like, it's not just all about the good. So exactly. You know, you might have a uh, a behavioral issue in the salon with with you know one of your team members, um, one of the people you employ, and I just find that that's what I mean. Like it's unconditional belief in their potential. They might not be on the same page that day. They might be having a bad day. They may even have like a bad month. But how you bring them out of it is just as important. How you you know kind of I don't know give them all the kudos for all the good stuff they do too. I think that to me is the true test of leadership is how you deal with it and help them to achieve their potential. And if there really isn't any, you know, if the boundaries have been so crossed and, and, and integrity has been lost, then you uninvite them and move on exactly. you know, because it's for the better betterment of the team as a whole. Cause every decision you make as a leader affects everybody, regardless of whether yeah. it's just for one person. And, and our team is very cognizant of that. They understand that if you come to me with a, with a request that you think is only going to benefit you on your behalf, you need to know that, that how I make that decision is still going to affect every single other person across our salon company, even beyond the two locations. Exactly. So are you willing to make that special request just for yourself and, and take, you know, will you, will you take my answer as a yes or a no? Like you need to know that we, we want, I want them to be solution orientated instead of just, yeah, you know, I think that's important. I need this. So we recently had a conversation. It's interesting that you say this. So in our company, we are huge into flexibility. Um, we, we don't really monitor hours per se, the way that we used to back in the old day. Um, we, we would like for people to work 24 to 30 hours a week. If you're part-time 24, if you're full-time 30 hours a week, which is, Pretty awesome because when you and I started doing hair a long time ago, <laughs> 70 hours was kind of the norm. Um, yep. Dissolved. Thank goodness we found smarter ways to work. 
Um, but we had a young lady come to us recently uh, and ask us, she's about to have her second child. And she's like, would it be okay if I worked only on Fridays and Saturdays? And so we were like, yes, it's totally fine. On the days, Fridays and Saturdays, we have a lot of our upper level staff that have earned those Fridays and Saturdays off, or maybe the schedule suggested for people that there's always an empty chair available. So we let her know that she would have a position in her company as a floating stylist. So she would have one chair on Friday, one chair on Saturday. So did it benefit her 100%? She's going to be able to spend time with her family. Her husband can watch her children on Fridays and Saturdays. She can do all she needs to do the other five right. days of the week. It benefits all the guests that come inside of our company because they're going to be able to see her 10 hours on, on Friday or 10 hours on Saturday. So she's working 20 hours and it's going to benefit the team because now we're, we're able to move two of our associates into that chair and put two stylists onto the floor. So everybody won. So I love what you said there about not just coming to the table with a question, a concern for yourself, but really making sure that as we make those decisions, that we understand how it affects everybody inside this organization. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I think like, that's the other thing is that I'm pretty sometimes brutally honest about that, but I, I feel like I owe it to them to be honest about these things because a lot of times they are just not looking at it through the lens that you and I look at it through. They don't see all different levels, you know, of the, of of you know the pastry like there's just levels and levels and levels of, of how things affect one another so um because if you make one decision for one person there's 40 other people looking at that same decision yeah. well, how how can i do that and you can't make that same decision for everyone so it, it is definitely being a leader is um not always easy <laughs> no oh god no i think you know and that's the thing if you're willing to walk them through that how you know question a with you know b decision affects everybody then you're training them to be a servant leader too in the process i i constantly say over and over and over again in every class i teach in every team meeting that i facilitate in every one-on-one -on -one, what we call tete-a-tetes at our salon it is everything is an exercise within an exercise yes. you know what are you learning from this conversation what am i you know hoping that you will learn what am I, you know, and, uh, and I am observing how people take react to things too. And then I have to also mold and, and, and make the way that I present my information to each individual person, person differently on how they, will, how it will benefit them based on their personality types, what, what motivates them, what drives them, what, you know, all these sort of things. So I put a lot of effort into that because to me, that's the most important job I have is making sure that each individual person is treated with that, you know, um, a self-directing responsible adult in the way that they want to be treated. Exactly. And I, I love that you're saying that it's so important uh, right now to understand, you know, when these people are inside the walls that we all work inside of, they are in charge of their own business, right? And we empower them to have that. And I hear people so many times say, well, I'm going to be independent. And inside our company, we're a commission salon where everybody's independent. You're independent to do anything that you need to do. Um, right. you know, we, we have systems in place, but you're independent. And so it's really an amazing thing when you give people flexibility and freedom, especially artists, because you allow them to flourish in ways that they never knew but they have a coach right there beside them each and every day to help pull up the greatnesses inside of them. And that's exactly what you're doing there in Vancouver.
So in closing, if you had to leave the listeners today with one really amazing thought or one really amazing piece of advice, what would that be? I think, you know, I see the unlimited potential in every single person that works within our company. But I think as leaders, we forget to kind of evaluate what our potential is because we get caught up in a lot of the struggles and the stress and the anxiety of, of owning our own companies or leading within them. So I hope everybody takes a little bit of time to just reevaluate what their potential is too. Exactly. And um, yeah, and put, and put as much work into their career path as leaders as we put into the career path of our team members. I think that's crucial. So such great advice. Tanya, you're always so amazing. Uh, thank you for sharing your insight, your value with all of our listeners today. Um, I'll link all of her information below in the show notes. So if you would like to connect with Tanya and fall in love with her the way that I have, um, that information will be available. Thank you again so much for your time today. Thank you, Daniel. I love you so much. You too. For all of you that are listening today, thank you so much. We hope you enjoyed this incredible episode of More Than Beauty with Tanya D. Sullivan uh, from Vancouver, Canada. She's amazing. And always, we're wishing you safety, happiness, and incredible health. Until the next episode, take care.